The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hey, AI Today listeners. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. From books and materials ranging from fundamentals of AI to deep dives on implementing AI projects to AI ethics, tools, software, checklists, and more, our resources page will help you on your AI journey whether you're just starting out or you're well on your way. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. That's aitoday.live slash L-I-S-T. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. As you know, AI Today has been going strong for well over five years, getting into our sixth year now. Uh, hundreds of uh, podcast episodes, and we've been uh, focusing on so many different topics in AI today all these years. You know, whether it's listening to folks who are putting AI into practice today, some of our CPMAI practitioners, folks who are certified on the Cognitive Project Manager for AI methodology, which is a best practice methodology for not making mistakes and doing AI right, and of course our uh, failure series and our use case series. But many of you really love the education stuff we do, focusing on just concepts and terms and terminology and understanding the fundamentals of making AI, machine learning, and big data work, because there's a lot of terms. We put together a glossary. We started with, you know, just a few terms. And then next thing you know, we're at like hundreds of terms. (laughs) And as you do the digging and looking at these terms, you're like, wow, there are many terms that maybe sometimes mean the same thing. The same term means different things. Sometimes people are even confused about a term, use terms interchangeably, maybe when they can be, maybe when they can't be. So that is why we're like, let's spend some time on these glossary terms and really focus our podcast on helping you understand so that way when you're having a conversation or working with others, you can be, uh, you know, engage with them in a very valuable way, in a meaningful way, and not get hung up on terms that there may be some mutual misunderstanding about. (laughs) Exactly. So we have, as Ron mentioned, put together a very comprehensive AI glossary. We link to it in the show notes, but it's also available at cognolytica.com. And I encourage you to check it out. You can read all these definitions and also, uh, you know, listen to our podcast just to get a high level understanding of these terms. So if you haven't done so, make sure to subscribe to AI Today so you can get notified of all of our upcoming episodes. We have more in the glossary series. We also have some great interviews coming up and additional topics as well. But on today's podcast, we're continuing with our AI glossary series. And on some podcasts, we present just one term. On other podcasts, we present a grouping of terms that make sense to be presented together. And that's what we're doing today. So we're going to be going over batch prediction, microservice, real-time prediction, stream learning, cold path analytics, and hot path analytics. Basically, we're presenting all the different ways in which you can operationalize a model. We had a a podcast on operationalization that we'll link to, and we encourage you to listen to if you haven't done so already. But so we're first going to, uh, you know, present on all these terms so that you have a high level understanding of them. And if they come up in conversation, you understand what people are talking about and maybe how they all fit in with each other. So the first term that we'll be presenting is batch prediction, which you can think of it as offline. 
So it's a way to generate predictions for multiple real-world data that needs inferencing and predictions. Batch mode predictions do not produce real-time results, so it's best to use when decisions do not need to be made right away. So if you need something, you know, if you need decisions immediately, batch prediction probably is not the the thing that you want to go with. And since batch mode systems, they can operate offline. So they can utilize lower powered systems or systems that don't always need to be connected to a network to provide inference. So there's a lot of reasons why, you know, maybe you want to use a batch mode, but just understand, you know, the limitations to it and some of the benefits. Yeah. And if you think about the way that many data scientists actually work when they're trying to build models, a lot of times they're working in this batch mode. Sometimes they're even working on their own personal machines or laptops. They have a small set of the data. Maybe that's all the data they need and it's enough to fit. And they basically run these predictions when they need to run them. Someone says, I need an analysis, and they run it when it needs to be run, and they provide the results whenever it needs to be run, or they're doing it as they're testing, and then later they figure out how to do it. And But sometimes this is actually how it's done even in the real world, when the real world data is being used in, in the real world inferencing. We had a great podcast a while ago with uh, a, a data scientist, actually he's an economist, with a government agency, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, Alex Measure, and they had a system where they wanted to make some predictions on survey data that they had. There was these people filling out surveys and workplace incidents, and it was running on his laptop, <laughs> and it would perform these analyses, I think, at like four o'clock in the morning. And as far as I know, it may still be running uh, on his laptop, if not maybe on a server, but it's basically still doing this batch mode where once a night, the surveys would come in, they'd automatically categorize them, you know, they put these codes on them, and then they'd give them to their human analyst to check and whatever, and it works. So there's nothing wrong with it if it works. But of course, sometimes you do need uh, these predictions and decisions uh, more than just once a day at 4 a.m. or whatever the situation is. And there's a, an adi- and a mode where you can get them this on-demand idea, which is you can get the prediction when you need it at the time you need it, often called a microservice or a microservice on-demand. So you can think of a microservice as a design, an architectural design for a computer system that breaks up large aspects of computing functionality into these smaller individual functions that can respond individually to requests, usually over an API call, an application programming interface. So we don't want to go too much into these other definitions that are really not AI specific or machine learning. You can dig a little bit deeper there, but think about you make a request usually over the network for something. You give that service some piece of data and it comes back with a response that gives you a prediction. This is often used. There are a lot of cloud-based AI systems that host models that you can have them do stuff, especially things like classifying moderation when you're trying to classify things as NSFW and you don't want to host that model yourself, or maybe really, really big models like these really popular ones that you put a little bit of text, you send the message and what comes back is an image, some crazy image based on text. Those are all microservices are on demand because they're, they're happening on demand. And sometimes it may take some time. If you've played with any of those services, sometimes it could take a couple minutes, maybe multiple minutes to provide that crazy image based on that text you did. Um, but that's okay because in the, you're not 
you know, you're not have something else dependent on that right away. The great thing about microservices is that they are easily to, easier to scale up. So you can have more things respond to them. You can accelerate the development of services by basically creating different versions of services to handle different needs. And of course, you know, you can distribute them. You can put the services not just on one person's laptop at 4 a.m., but on multiple servers. They can all handle the responses. So they really provide a way. This is sort of like the next step up, I would say, from batch mode to operationalize models by providing access to these model inferences to any user, or maybe you can require them to have an API key or a user password, whatever it is, that can query the microservice with the right data. And the user doesn't need to be that sophisticated. The user doesn't have to be a data scientist or anything. They can just be a developer or a user, you know, a Discord where you type in like in the text and it comes back with a Discord message, for example, with the image. So there's lots of use cases for microservice approaches as well. Exactly. But sometimes you just need things immediately, right? You don't have you 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 can't wait a whole day or even just a few minutes or you know that can you need things immediately. And that's what real-time prediction is. So it's the operationalization of a machine learning model to operate on data at the time that the user is expecting a prediction response. So real-time prediction systems need to provide it really immediately, so within milliseconds or seconds, to perform an action or achieve a result. If you'd like to think of an example, you know, think about unlocking your phone with facial recognition. You can't wait minutes for your phone to be unlocked. You're going to get, the user will get super frustrated. So it needs to be immediate within, you know, milliseconds or seconds. Or if you have a conversational system with a voice assistant, you can't be waiting minutes. That's not how humans talk. You know, we don't say something and a few minutes later expect a response. Conversations are immediate. And so we expect that when we're conversing with a voice assistant, it would be immediate as well. Or if we have fraud detection systems, we want to make sure that that's working in real time and not waiting because if I I want my purchase to go through immediately, especially if I'm, you know, somewhere that I need this item right away. So any, those type of things are examples where we want real-time prediction. AI Today listeners, we have something special to share with you from this episode's sponsor, Algolia. You may have recently heard our podcast with Algolia CTO, Sean Mullaney. If not, make sure to check it out as it provided some great insights into how AI is being used to enhance search in some pretty profound ways. If you're not aware, Algolia provides the world's only end-to-end AI search and discovery platform to power instant content discovery for any site or app at hyperscale. Every end-user discovery experience is guided by understanding the true intent. Algolia empowers organizations with a better way to build unique and engaging end-user experiences. Algolia's platform enables business users to automatically deploy new strategies with content and products using a no-code environment. As a result, businesses can automate merchandising and placement, instantly deliver the most relevant results with blazing fast speed, powered by a rich and engaging online search and browse experience. Learn more at algolia.com. That's algolia, A-L-G-O-L-I-A.com. Yeah, and there's a a related idea to real-time, which is unfortunately sometimes used interchangeably, as we say, the terminology is not always as fixed as we like, is this idea of streaming predictions. So just like real-time, streaming predictions 
put the model in a place where it'll provide the response immediately and things are depending, they're waiting on that response, right? Um, in order to make some prediction. So you could think of it as being used as some process. The thing though about stream is that you're assuming that there's something else coming next to it. If you think of like an actual you know, stream of water, right? There's like the, this model might be in the path of something else, right? So the stream makes these rapid individual perception then passes it along to something else, which might make additional predictions or maybe something that has, doesn't have to do with machine learning that are used sort of further downstream. So if you want to use that stream analogy, it's like downstream, other things may happen. And and the streaming approach works for a lot of things where, for example, if you're watching a video and you want there to be live captioning underneath the video, it's not that the video does its thing, sends the video frame to something or the audio to something and then that gets transmitted and then it comes back it's like they're happening kind of at the same time right and there might be a little bit of a, a delay but honestly i've been pretty impressed with these um automated uh captioning systems some of which also do automated translation too so you think about just like the, <laughs> the amount of of data that's going and the processing load kudos to people who are working on that because if someone is asking you to do that, then you need some serious engineering expertise. It's, this is not just building the machine learning model. Now you need someone who's got the engineering and the coding expertise to figure out how to get the model into the stream, make it happen, you know, so it doesn't stop the other thing that may be happening at the same time and do all that sort of stuff. So stream predictions are, are used. They're used, sometimes used as an alternative to microservices where you're making a request and waiting for it to come back for on-demand access. Uh, especially if something is going on at the same time. So this is kind of like we, we did the whole spectrum here from batch, which is kind of take your time. We'll do it at the time too. We need it right away. And the we need it right away because we're also doing something else right away. So that, that's when things get more intense. Exactly. And then the last two terms that we want to present are cold path analytics and hot path analytics, so that if these come up, you understand how they relate as well. So cold path analytics is an approach to providing results for a data analysis operation that focuses on batch mode operation, and it also focuses on accuracy over speed. So it can be used for reporting, analysis, or operational uses. And the result of this processing is stored as a batch view. So if you think about this, uh, you know, it's often used for long-term storage of data. So it's called cold path because it's not data that we're using, you know, all the time. Um, and we're using it for time-consuming analytics and batch processing is performed on this data. So the opposite of cold path analytics is hot path analytics. So what is that? Well, hot path analytics is an approach to providing results for a data analysis operation and this focuses on speed over accuracy. So cold path analytics, we're focusing on accuracy more than we are on how fast we're going, but hot path analytics is focusing on speed over accuracy, such as for real-time predictions or streaming data. And it's used for processing or displaying data in real-time. So real-time alerting and streaming operations are performed using this data. Yeah, and you could think of it, it's kind of interesting because I think again of, of like... Um, you know, these live captioning tools. And, you know, if you were just paying attention to them, you'd see they they make mistakes. Uh, you know, even if they're not translating to another language, someone will say a word, especially if it's a live broadcast. So so this is, again, an, a, a, a visualization of batch mode, say, versus streaming. In batch mode, when you upload a video, let's say to YouTube, it actually has time to work. While it's processing the video, it actually has time to work on your video. But during that time, it has time to work 
on the captioning, right? And even do translation. And it could take hours. If you have a big video, it could take a long time, right? But that's okay because you're willing to wait that time because the, the video, once it's processed, will be available for however long that video is until YouTube decides to take it down for whatever reason. <laughs> or you take it down for whatever reason, right? Um, on the other hand, let's say there is some live event, you know, that's happening, a sports event or a, a big major news event, a press conference with, let's say, the president and it's being live streamed and they want captions to happen right away. There's no luxury to be able to upload this video and wait many hours. So if you look at the accuracy of the transcription that would happen, let's say in this batch mode where you upload the video and it does later and the live streaming mode, you'll see that the accuracy is actually much lower. <laughs> Not surprised, right? And I don't think any of us are surprised. You know, the somebody says some word, especially sportscast, and they say, they say bobble, but it translates to bubble or, you know, We've learned to put up with that, but this is a visualization, if you want to think of it, of the trade-off between speed and accuracy. And this is something for you to think about when you're operationalizing your model, what you value the most, is, is time the most important, is accuracy the most important, these various different choices. So this is sort of the full range of operationalization of a model. Exactly. So hopefully now, at least at a high level, if you hear these terms, you'll understand what they are. But of course, understanding the terms at a high level and putting them into practice are two different things. And we are big advocates of doing AI right, following best practices, methodologies, really making sure that you're setting yourself up for you know, your AI, ML, and big data project successes. So we, in particular, are advocates of CPM AI methodology, which is the Cognitive Project Management for AI methodology. For our AI Today listeners, we've put together a free intro to CPM AI course so that you can check it out and learn more about CPMAI. Go to aitoday.live slash CPMAI to register for free. I know many of you have already taken the course. We've gotten some great feedback and comments from you. So thank you so much for messaging us. And if you're interested in getting your CPMAI certification, so, you know, really, really learning the material, digging deeper, uh, getting more comprehensive overview and understanding, then go to cognolitica.com slash CPMAI. You can sign up for our training. And then upon completion of all the training and exercises, you will become CPMAI certified. I know that many of our podcast listeners already are CPMAI certified. Um, and we you know, really do appreciate all of you that are, have been CPMAI certified, help grow our community and make it the incredible community that it is. So if you're interested in becoming CPMAI certified yourself, then I encourage you to go to cognolitica.com slash CPMAI. We'll also link to both of them in the show notes. You just have to click on that link and it'll take you to the free intro course and the uh, course where you can get your certification. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at aitoday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.